Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Welcome back to Straight from the Source. This is Michael Russo. Thanks for everybody for listening. Um, my guest today is Andrew Height, the Wilds uh, Director of Team Operations and Player Relations. Uh, you've heard him. I've probably done seven or eight podcasts with him, and they're always just a blast because he brings everybody through the travel and, and his daily life. We call him the uh, Department of One. Uh, now he's got an ATM machine in his office, too, which is pretty cool. We'll talk about that on the podcast. But um, I hope you enjoy this podcast because he'll bring you through uh, how hard it was to book a Vegas trip in the middle of the Super Bowl. He'll take you through the Duluth trip and then obviously what it's like uh, been like to book the Sweden trip, which is actually coming up here in less than a month. Um, I'll be going on that as well as Joe Smith. In fact, The Athletic has seven writers going to Sweden for that trip. Um, two people from Toronto that cover the Maple Leafs, uh, um, Joshua Cloak and Jonas Siegel. We have Ian Mendez, our Ottawa writer, Max Boltman, our Detroit writer, Joe and myself. But then we just hired Chris Johnston to be a national writer. Um, everybody knows CJ, and he's a huge newsbreaker, total game changer, bringing him to The Athletic to uh, work with Pierre Lebrun. So super excited about that. So we're going to have seven of us there, and uh, uh, we'll have just wall-to-wall coverage of the Global Series games there with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, and Minnesota Wild uh, going. Uh, we've got some great stuff planned here at Minnesota. And here's the huge announcement for this podcast. Uh, we are doing, Joe Smith and I, not only a fan meetup uh, at a sports bar in that is, by the way, magnificent in, in Stockholm, a uh, huge area, but we're going to be doing a live podcast there as well. Uh, so the time is 6 to 8 p.m., November 16th, it's a Thursday, at O'Leary's Tolv, Stockholm, and we'll have all the information on our um our, on our social media, but uh, if you want to go to the website, the website is O'Leary's, O-L-E-A-R-Y-S dot S-E slash Stockholm dash Tolv, T-O-L-V dash event dash center. Uh, so O'Leary's Tolv Stockholm. 
uh, November 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. So I know there's a ton of wild fans going uh, to Sweden for this trip. And I also know that there are a ton of uh, Swedish citizens that are huge wild fans, probably because of the number of Swedes that have been on the wild, not only now, but through the years. So if you're in Stockholm or if you are going to Stockholm, Joe Smith and I will be doing a meetup on November 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. at O'Leary's Toll of Stockholm. But not only that, uh, we will be doing uh, a live podcast there. There'll be food, there'll be drinks, um, there'll be a chance to meet your fellow wild fans, uh, live podcast, and we're going to be doing some giveaways as well. Hope to have some athletic swag there for you, maybe give away some athletic subscriptions, uh, and maybe some other cool, cool uh, giveaways that we'll have as well. So again, November 16th, 6 to 8 p.m. at O'Leary's Toll of Stockholm. And again, we'll put this all over our social media in a little bit, and uh, you can definitely come on out. But I can't wait to do the live podcast as well. It should be a blast. Um, let's talk about the wild right now, uh, off to a really, you know, convoluted choppy start two, two and one. They've lost two in a row, including the overtime game against Columbus on a second of back to back for the blue jackets, um, at home. And so, um, not a good start to this homestand, not a good start to the season, uh, long season ahead, still 77 games. Um, but, and if you remember the wild got off to a real tough start last year where they were having trouble defending, having trouble getting saves. And we've seen that so far. Uh, we saw an incredible performance by Philip Gustafson on opening night against Florida, 41 save effort at home. But really from then on out, um, other than the game in Montreal against a, you know, pretty easily beatable Montreal Canadiens team, the wild just haven't played well. Um, Toronto, they outplayed the Leafs at five on five for 50 minutes of the game. Um, but just couldn't get enough goals there. And then, and then they just gave up some unbelievable scoring chances, and Philip Gustafson wasn't very good and got lit up for seven. Then they come home and play the Kings. Marc-Andre Fleury was terrible in the game, um, especially in the first period. There was a stretch in that first period where the Wild gave up one shot in 13 minutes, and yet at the end of the period, they're down 4-2 because Fleury gave up three bad goals. One, I still don't think it should have counted. I think it was kicked in by Dubois. I don't see any evidence that it hit anybody's stick. Uh, the league, at first, I thought it maybe hit Brock Faber's stick, um, which actually shouldn't make a difference. Um, but the league says it hit Dubois' stick. I just don't see any video where that's clear. To me, the the puck was on edge um, uh, after being kicked by by Dubois clearly. And uh, but the puck needs to be stopped. And then Flurry is frustrated. Probably because he didn't get the call, but probably because he gave up the goal. And then he just turns the puck over on the next uh, next uh, play into the zone and gives up a cheesy one there as well. So not good there. And then they come home and Gustafson is just shellacked for 91 shot attempts, 54 shots on goal, and they lose 5-4. Hard to blame Gus there for anything in that game. Uh, but they're not getting great goaltending. They're getting terrible uh, play from not just their blue line, but their forwards um, not giving the blue liners options. They're not getting out of the zone cleanly because these the forwards are just you know basically like beelining it out of the zone to try to get on offense and not giving them outlets. So um, this Jared Spurgeon injury has wreaked havoc on on the team. And not that you know not that Spurgeon is the end all be all, but what it's done is it's just put everybody into different spots. Um, you know, you, you now you have uh, obviously uh, Galagoski out of the lineup. John Merrill's banged up, and now um, you just have Jake Middleton not playing with somebody he's comfortable with, even though I think that he absolutely respects the heck out of Brock Faber. Um, but what was a shame is that Faber and Brodine were such a perfect defense pair to start the season, and then because their blue line was such, uh, you know, having such trouble. 
uh, Everson and Bob Woods basically split up their blue liners and took their two best blue liners in Jonas Bardeen and Brock Faber and put them on separate pairs. I was, um, I, I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised that at home, especially when you can control your matchups, they don't try to play the two of them more, but so far we haven't seen it. Um, and now Damon Hunt is coming up. We will find out at the morning skate, and you'll know by the time this podcast is out, out is whether or not Damon Hunt is making his NHL debut or if John Merrill is going to be able to play. At a minimum, Damon Hunt called up for the first time in his career, and he's going to go on the three-game road trip coming up to Philadelphia, uh, Washington, and New Jersey. Ch- so chances are we are going to see Damon Hunt's NHL debut at some point here in the near future. Vinny Letary has been called up. Sammy Walker came up, played two very nondescript games, once on the second line uh, with Johansson and Eric Sinek, hardly noticeable. And then uh, I thought he played better on the fourth line the other night, had a great defensive play uh, that that started a huge forecheck in the uh, third period. Um, but uh, they obviously wanted more from Sammy Walker. And right now, if you were called up from the minors, you don't really have the luxury of just kind of blending in. As we saw, what was so good about Walker last year is that he made every time he came up, we at least saw him. You know, he was noticeable. Um, there was FU in his game, as, as Bill Guerin would like to say. Um, we didn't see that as much this time around. And so Vinny Letary now gets the call up here. The goal for him is to add some speed, some speed, some uh, skill and some bite. We saw that in training camp. He had a really good one, but even in the exhibition games, not only was he producing points, but he was just physical. And so they're hoping that right now, at least they could start him on the fourth line tonight against the Edmonton Oilers with Connor Durer and Brandon Duham, and he can make an impact. Um, But he could easily be elevated in the lineup as well. And I think that normally they might've even plugged him right into that second line with Marcus Johansson and, and Yule Erickson Eck. The issue, though, is we're not the issue, but Pat Maroon played really, really well there the other night. Um, didn't slow the line down, was gritty as heck, made plays, won board battles, and had two assists on a line that had 15 shot attempts and generated three goals, one from Johansson, one from Brodine, and one from Dakota Mermis. Um, so uh, he sticks there at least to start the game, but if something goes awry tonight, they can always move Letary up, they can always move, move Goudreau up. Although at this point, I, I you know, I got to tell you, that third line, as well as they've played, and as much as Bill Guerin, uh, Bill Guerin and Dean Evison have raved about the third line with Marco Rossi, Marcus Foligno, and Freddie Goudreau, they have one five-on-five goal scored this season. That was Marco Rossi in Toronto. Um, and, you know, it, really, Freddie Goudreau needs to start picking it up. Marcus Foligno needs to start finishing on his chances. But Freddie has been unbelievably quiet for somebody that had 19 goals last year. So uh, he needs to bring more. And if he's not, maybe you move him down. Uh, who knows? Um, the other option is moving him up to that line and maybe playing with Johansson and Erickson that can spur him along. Uh, one of the bigger problems on the team right now is the Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Hartman line. They're just not generating anything at all at five on five. Um, it's been really hard to watch. They're turning pucks over. They're playing east and west. They're starting to play selfish hockey. Um, that play in overtime the other night where uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello couldn't connect on the one play, and then they uh, essentially have a retreat and decide not to go for a line change, even though they were dead tired, it wound up losing them the game because then they they don't have enough gas. Finally, uh, they regathered the puck. Kaprizov gets bumped off the puck like nothing. And next thing you know, again, they had a chance to change, didn't, and now they're just dead tired. And uh, Jack Rosovic just easily split both Kaprizov and Zuccarello. So they have to be much, much better. This is not just because of the number one center. I know fans always love to just, if when Kaprizov's not playing well, it's always Hartman's fault. 
Uh, that is Hartman isn't the one that made them do that in overtime from the bench the other night. But their three on three, which was so good last year, was not good the other night. Rossi had a bad play. Hartman had a bad play. Addison dumped the puck in overtime inexplicably. Um, it just, they need to be better. I was a little surprised at practice yesterday. They really work on that, but they had so many other issues they had to work on in their, you know, 40 minutes on the ice together. Um, and that's defensive zone play and things like that. So we'll see if they need to be better. The one thing Hartman definitely has to do better job at is offensive zone draws. He's lost 13 of 23 and obviously you lose the draw there and now you're chasing the rest of the shift, but Kaprizov just has not looked himself all season. Um, not a ton of uh, pop to his game. Um, I mean, m- m- flubbing shots left and right, and um, trying to. I mean, and just not 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 managing the puck well, turning him over, and, and things like that. So, uh, Kaprizov, who always says that he gets off to a slow start, even when he's producing, uh, needs to figure this out uh, quick uh, to help turn this around because the Wild do have some winnable games coming up. You know, Washington hasn't been very good, but the Wild always struggle there, and it is the second of a back-to-back, but the Wild usually play pretty well in Philly, um, and Philly's had some big wins lately, though, so they've, you know, it's not going to be an easy game, and then New Jersey's one of the best teams in the league, but the Wild usually play really well there, win there, um, and Matt Boldy, everybody remembers the magical buzzer beater in overtime last year, and speaking of Matt Boldy, he is going on the upcoming road trip. Now, they have no practices. Uh, they're going to practice, at least they're scheduled to practice here in Minnesota on Wednesday before hitting the road. Uh, for Thursday's game in Philly, then they play Friday and Sunday. There's a day off Saturday. Um, so they have no actual practices, but he'll have the ability. We'll see if he gets on the ice um, uh, today at the morning skate. But if they practice tomorrow, if he practices in Minnesota, then he'll have the morning skate Thursday. Friday, if he doesn't play against the Capitals, um, the, whoever is the goalie in that game will come down to the rink and take some shots, I'm sure, so Boldy can get on the ice that day. And then um, maybe we see him come back in the building that he was so good in last year uh, in New Jersey. So um, that is that's what's going on with the Wild right now. Again, Andrew Height is my guest, and the big thing to pay attention to is our social media, so you get some more information again about our November sixteenth, six to eight p.m. meetup. Joe Smith and I in Stockholm at O'Leary's Sports Bar. It's called O'Leary's Tolv T O L V Stockholm. So O'Leary's.se slash Stockholm dash Tolv dash event dash center. Without further ado, Andrew Height. Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. 
Well, as mentioned, uh, really happy to be joined by Andrew Height, who's probably, this is probably your seventh or eighth straight from the source, Andrew. And um, uh, every time we do one, there's always new stuff to talk about, especially at the beginning of a new season. And uh, the biggest difference that I see right now is you have an ATM machine in your uh, office and you have no desk anymore. It's just a table. What happened? Yeah, Michael, thanks for uh, having me back on again. I feel like, yeah, it's my it's my yearly yearly uh i think last year we recap. did too because of the uh the alumni association too and the crazy game of hockey yeah we got that in in our in underneath us too and we can talk a little bit about that but yeah the atm machine um when COVID happened um all teams went to like a, a cash per diem card and um you know this past year the guys were like well we love cash and and <laughs> you know we can't have any cash anymore and and uh so you know, I was I was sick of them complaining back to me, so we kept the cash card, and instead I called the bank, and I had an ATM delivered to my office. So um, we have an ATM in the office, and and you know we can they can get their fill now. So basically, so if they get their they get uploaded the amount of it's one thirty two a day on non game days and sixty six a day on the road, and so they the, before each road trip, if it's a five day trip with three things, they'll get what sixty six times three plus one thirty two and one thirty two. And then if they want cash, they just come here and get it. Yep, that's okay. what it is. So, And, the, and the, the one thing I've heard here, a little complaint from a couple players. Uh, Ryan Hartman had a question. Uh, why is there an ATM fee and why is it going to your pocket? I'd say that's for my counseling fees, having to put up with those guys, right? <laughs> like they uh, they rag on me every day. So that's just a, a an added fee. No, I, I'd love to say that I did. But, I, I you know, looking at it, I thought that might be a little bit of uh, – you know that might go against some HR rules if I was putting that back in my yeah. pocket. But no, you it's get been, the it's, fee waived. It's definitely been the talk of the the locker room corridor. Everyone that pops their head in is like, "Oh man, I didn't know this." So it's uh, it's funny how much one little ATM machine can can cause a lot of conversation. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then where'd your desk go? You know, again with with COVID, you know, gosh, that's already three years removed, but. Um, we turned my office into an ho a hockey operations workroom, and um, we needed to do that um, during COVID because we needed a secure place to go when we were living inside the bubble um, close okay. to the locker room. So um, hockey ops worked out of here, and it never changed back. Um, you know, I, being on the road 160 days a year, my desk is really out of my backpack, right mm -hmm. out of my briefcase. So I don't need, I just need a table to set up and you know, the, the one nice thing is if you don't have an office, no one knows where you are. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> so I can do my work from anywhere. Yeah, and as everybody, uh, and I've seen it, uh, your phone is your lifeblood. I, uh, you basically just need your, your phone and you're able to do your job. Um, all right, let's talk. About, there, I got a lot of great Twitter questions from people. And then um, I got some more questions from some of your uh, players and staff. Um, but, the, you know, what I always like to do with your podcast is we kind of break down the schedule and and talk about some of the oddities that go into a season and uh, let's actually come back to Duluth but let's start with Sweden because that is right around the corner you've been dealing with it for a long time you guys are going for seven full days to play two games against Toronto and Ottawa back-to-back -back games uh very odd start times by the way uh I think you have like 21 and a half hours between two games which doesn't seem exactly fair um what uh, what does it entail to book an entire, not only just your team to go to Sweden, but you've got NHL people, corporate people, alumni all on the team plan. Yeah, this is exciting. The last time we went, um, we did a global game was in Finland and that was before me and this is my 10th season. So, mm -hmm. um, it's been a while since we've been able to get over there and, and showcase ourselves to, you know, the different part of the world. 
And with us having so many Europeans on our team, and you know, especially Swedes, um, the the NHL um, chose us to go over there, and and we're going over with Ottawa, Toronto, and Detroit. And like you said, we're playing two games, um, one against Ottawa and one against Toronto. Um, but yeah, this started months ago, right? It's and and credit to the league with um, you know the work that they've put into it and the work. Um, you know, alongside of us, you know, they have, they have event after event after event, you know, I'm talking to some of the, the higher ups with the league now, and they're in Edmonton getting ready for the heritage classic. They just got back from Australia. You know, they, they, it's one after the other for the league. So um, again, credit to them to keeping everything, you know, moving and in line, but there's a lot of moving parts to this thing. Um, you know, we go over for, for seven days, eight days, technically with us leaving on the 13th. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's us wanting to bring, you know, unique corporate partners, ownership, um, as well as the league relying on us to get some of their staff and on ice and off ice officials over and, and NHL alumni reps and corporate reps. And, and, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a good, unique group getting on that plane. Of course, it's a different plane than what we're normally used to. We're used to a, a VIP configured plane. Um, which is unique in itself. Um, you know, anyone outside of the sports world that gets on our plane is like, wow, this is really cool, right? We have a, all first-class seats. First seats. We have, you know, tables installed. I think I can lay down in the, in the bathroom. It's so big. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a unique plane that we usually ride on, but this is a large plane. I think it holds over 200 people and we'll have roughly 115 to 120 people on our, on our flight. So. Right. And, um, and with this comes, I mean, you got to deal with, uh, customs and all that type of stuff. I mean, you deal with that in Canada anyway, but I mean, any other special things that you had to do for this type of trip? Yeah. There's one rule that's in place right now. Any Russian, um, person going into, that was kind of what I was asking. Um, going into Sweden needs a special visa. So Mm -hmm. we had to go through the process of getting Krill set up with the right visa and that's no issues on that end and, and really making it an experience for the guys, um, you know, it, this is a unique opportunity. Mm-hmm. You ask every single one of our guys or, or people on the travel party, they're excited to go. Um, yes, it's in the middle of the year where we're not, you know, we're usually on that normal grind where um, we'll have a couple practice ga- days, we'll have a full off day. And I've actually leaned on leaned on Brodeen and Eck quite a bit yeah. and Johansson to say, hey, what should we do over there? You know, they, they know better than anyone. I call Brodes the king of, king of Stockholm. Um, he, it, so it'll be fun to see them in their own element really. And, and so we have a couple nice dinners planned as a group and, and Brodine helped with that. And we'll have a fan group that we'll interact with. Um, I think we had a fan group, um, we had a ticket package and it sold out very quickly yeah, So I saw that. to see hundreds of Minnesota fans mm-hmm. come over with us will be cool. And then a, a very unique group of, of our important corporate partners. So it'll be fun to interact and, and, you know, hopefully put the phone down and hopefully put work away a little bit while we can enjoy it. That's really cool. And um, I I mentioned uh, at the top of the podcast, Joe Smith and I are actually going to be doing a uh, live podcast and a fan meetup on November 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. at O'Leary's. So listen to that and check out all that information. Um, The off day, are you able to kind of give a, like, like I remember in Helsinki, I was actually really cool. I was like basically embedded with the team and I got to see, um, you know, them, them, that was a different experience too, because they opened the season in Helsinki. So they did a, a, um, 
they did in Tampa, I think it was. They played an exhibition game there. Clutterbuck had a hat trick, if I remember. But then they did like a city tour where I basically went around with them. And I still remember the woman that led it. It was hilarious. I got <laughs> pictures of it on my Facebook slash Michael Russo hockey page, if you want to see it. Um, what are some of the things that you'll be doing? Yeah, you know, we have an off day. We have a scheduled off day, which is mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the league and, and the club work very closely, but also the PA. The the PA wants to make sure that the the you know players group is taken care of um, the right way. You know, it's a it's an eight and a half hour flight both ways, so it's an adjustment period, and and we'll get a full off day. And you know, talking to the captains and and the Euros, um, they've elected to do their own thing. Okay. Um, so we won't have a, a, a official team building activity, but um, knowing how tight our group of guys is, they'll be. Running together the city anyway. together. Yeah. I went to Stockholm at the end of August, and it's just an incredible, beautiful city. And actually, where the NHL media tour uh, was is actually your team hotel, and it's just a outstanding hotel. So you'll you'll love that. You got the best of the hotels that I hear were options. That's what I've been told, too. And it's fun to, you know, we'll be we'll be um, in the same hotel as the, as the Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs. And, um, you know, it's one of those things, too, where you have we to keep Revo it. away from... Uh, <laughs> couple guys we felt it in the bubble too right like we were you know when we were in edmonton we were in the same hotel as two or three Mm -hmm. teams and you know you get in the you get in the elevator with you know the people that you're going on the ice against right and it's it's a weird dynamic but everyone's there for the right reason and and it'll just be a fun um really kind of it'll break up the the mundane you know Travel and coming back is nonstop, right? No stopping for refuel. Yep, to yeah. and from it's yeah. nonstop, which Helsinki, is nice. Because the team had to stop in Iceland in the middle of the night, like and, pitch black. And which is yeah. it's interesting you say that because we have a special charter just for us that they made an exception to go. Um, the of course the plane can can make it there without refueling and. And it'll be, a, like I said, about an eight and a half hour flight. That, very cool. All right, let's uh, talk about one other thing that I think is unbelievable is that you guys got the lucky draw of being in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Um, hotel rooms, I could tell you for a fact, because Joe Smith is covering that for us, is beyond belief. I mean, like five, six, seven, eight grand a night in certain hotels. Like he, he couldn't get into the residence in for less than five grand a night. So how hard was this for you to book? Yeah, as you know, Michael, we... You know, the, the schedule comes out in June around the draft time, mm-hmm. and that's where I really start my heavy planning for this season. Um, I'd like to have everything done by middle of July, end of July. And um, it was done except for that one game. Right. We, like you said, we fly into um, Vegas on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, luckily, I think the game is, uh, you know, a 5.30 or 6 o'clock p.m. start. So hopefully everyone that's going to the game will already be at the stadium and the, the city will be a, a ghost town as much as Vegas can be a ghost mm-hmm. town. Um, but we'll arrive in that afternoon and, and you know, just stay one night. But you're completely right. It was it was the toughest um, hotel booking that I've ever had to deal with. Um, you know, now Vegas being five years in, um, you we've gained relationships with hotels. And I reached out to them like I always do. And, you know, they're their sales directors and revenue directors were, were honest with me. And they're like, we can't even have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we know where your budget's at and we can't even talk. Um, and so those conversations started and you're right. Those, those dollar amounts were in the, the thousands, not to mention two, three, four night mandatory stays. Yeah. And with us only having one night there, 
um, I, I can say that some of those those dollar amounts would have eaten up three fourths of my yearly budget mm -hmm. for just one night stay. So um, I went to about six or seven different properties, and um, you know, one was able to give me a, a rate that would work. And then their revenue director stepped in and said, no, that's not going to. And, and, um, two or three other ones gave me rates that again, were just astronomical and the others didn't even want to talk. They couldn't talk. They yeah. were, their hands were tied. And, um, so then I actually looked, you know, looked on my own account and it is, there was a 30 mile radius that I couldn't even find a hotel. Yeah. So I actually had to go all the way up to my, my global rep at Marriott and, you know, play the I need help card. Um, so we ended up getting a, a spot established and um, we're all set, but it was something that I've never seen before. Yeah, I was, for a while I was thinking that you guys might have to stay in like LA or Palm Springs and just fly in on the game it, day, like an exhibition game. Almost, yeah, it was, it was one of those situations where, you know, you look at the calendar when you first get it and you, you circle it because you know this is going to be yeah. tough to 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 get through and you know myself and dean and bill and chris we sat down multiple times trying to figure out what other options would be and luckily we got one um but yeah vegas you talk about a city that's on fire right now right they yep. go from the stanley cup finals to a big music fest to the the f1 race to, to now the yep. super bowl um, it's, it's definitely a popular yep. city maybe an nhl draft there although they're still having trouble booking that um how many players have players already come to you and said, you got to get me into the Super Bowl? Like, you know hey. what? I think, you know, or have they not even put two and two together? That no, they're gonna they be know. There? <laughs> they definitely know. They, they have it circled on their ca calendar too, uh -huh. but being a night before the game, um, you know, Hartsey and, and, and Moose are, are, you know, they're kind of the, the setup guys for cool activities and talking with Spurge too. I think they'll probably just watch it someplace as a right, team get them get a get them a, a ballroom, a ballroom or or go to a a cool restaurant or bar or mm -hmm. casino and, and watch it there it makes a lot of sense uh what other cool things do you have this year you have a couple long trips to california too which i usually you know means uh golfing and team bonding and yeah uh, you know um i think we talked about this in last year's pod um but dean and bill are so so strong on on team building and making sure the room is is connected and um, you know, this schedule, we have a lot of back-to-backs this year, so we don't have as many opportunities, but we will have um, one, I think, towards the end of the year in March. Um, we're, we're looking to stay at a very posh hotel or resort in California and um, get a couple days on the golf course and hopefully... Is that the hotel where everybody gets their own, like, villa almost? Oh, yeah. yeah I've, seen, I've been to that we've, one. We've been there once before, too, and it was, you know, it, it's Pelican Hills. It's yeah. It's one of the most premier resorts in North America. And, um, we, we are definitely spoiled during that trip. Yeah. Uh, that'll be really, really, uh, cool. Um, any, anything else uh, for the trip? Uh, otherwise let's talk about Duluth. Yeah. Well, you know, the season, like I said, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. You take a look each year. It's so different, right? Mm -hmm. You, you know, you build out your, your cool road trips, your train road trips. And, and actually we were this trip coming up too. Um, it's one that we could usually, you know, take a train, take a train I'm to, doing it yeah. from uh, Philadelphia to Washington. And, you know, talking to Amtrak, they couldn't guarantee us a VIP train, which a VIP train is it's nice because it's our own. It's a it's a charter train that mm -hmm. we get on, we go. They hold any public trains for us and we, we zip through. But 
Um, this year they couldn't guarantee one, so it would have been a public, a public departure time. And with, with um, you know, the variables that go into a hockey game, whether it's a shootout or overtime, or you know, yeah, the train's injuries, not waiting. The for train's you. not waiting. Yeah. So I didn't feel like all of us running, running to catch the train like a movie. Yeah. So. We'll just be we'll yep. be uh, flying into to DC. Yep. I still blame you for the uh, delay that I had uh, going Montreal to Ottawa last year. Like uh, <laughs> I get to the train station and we have like the longest delay, and they're like, "Yeah, it's something to do with tracks and all this stuff." And then I dawn to me, all of a sudden, I see you guys coming in there <laughs> and get on your VIP train, and then suddenly we board, and it realized that what they did is they knew you guys were going to Ottawa, so they with track construction and things like that, they just had us follow you. Yeah, we so, uh, and uh, it was so we were late because of you. <laughs> we call that the Whitey Express. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Um, let's talk about Duluth um, because. Those trips are always cool. Uh, you hadn't been back there since before the pandemic. Uh, actually, it was actually the year, the shortened season that you went up there. And uh, because it's a bunch of you got COVID up there, <laughs> if I remember correctly. We learned that in Seattle um, on that first road trip. But um, this trip was, it looked like a blast. And and then, you know, you see guys like Sammy Walker getting the uh, the, the guitar out and, and really, unle- it, like, it, to me, for him to not be a regular player, but have the the cojones to sit there and play in front of a hockey team. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Again, you know, credit to ownership and, and Billy and, and Dean to want to do a retreat like this. Not every team gets to do something like this, but I really think it's, it's so important for our group, you know, the support staff, the coaches, management um, and players to get up to a remote area and, you know, spend two or three days together mm-hmm. Um that's where a lot of personalities come out and shine, right? Yeah. That's that's where, you know, our team this year, we don't have too many new faces, but, um, you know, Patty Maroon being one of them, you know, he got to really, you know, show the group who he was. And and like you said, Sammy Walker, like he, first star of the week, right? He had his guitar out. He was playing songs by request. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you get 20, 25 guys sitting around a campfire. Um, it's just a good bonding experience. And, then we get out, you know, have a, a staff and player golf tournament. And Tell about the end of that. Comes down to the it's wire. Just a blast. Well, like, the video. Is it was. Pretty cool. uh, it, we 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 golfed at Northland Country Club, and um, you know, it's towards the end of their season, so we're the only ones on the course. And and Dean has an idea to play four man scrambles. You know, instead of a two man scramble, it's a four man scramble. So mm-hmm. there's eight people on a hole. And we're spread out, but it's still, it's about a six and a half, seven hour round. And it was a blast. It was a great day. But being fall like it is, the sun starts to set and uh, everyone comes in on the 18th and it's a tied match, you know, three three to three. Um, so we have to have a playoff and we we each group picks their team of four to, you know, play 18 up again. And um, we're literally playing in the dark. And it comes down to a final putt and, you know, Ryan Hartman drains about a 28, 30 footer um, with everyone's flashlight out to see the, the, the ball drop into the hole. Pitch black. Pitch and, black. Yeah. And of course um, the players go, go wild and the staff, you know, hang their heads and head back to the bus. But again, it was just the laughter, the fun, the camaraderie. Yeah. 
Um, it sets it sets us up to start the season off in a in a good headspace. Yep, and Hartsey uh, then got punished at practice next day uh, <laughs> with a bunch of open backs. Good, and that's you know yeah. rightfully so. Yep, you are also the man that's in charge of the the new Minnesota Wild Alumni Association. The biggest. Uh, big kickoff event this offseason was the crazy game of hockey uh, weekend where you had the VIP uh, uh, show over at, was it Pantages? Yep, Pantages um, in Minneapolis. And, yep, and then you had the the game, and then obviously uh, kick finally uh, with uh, OAR, who's, as you know, one of my favorite bands ever, um, and, and Corey Wong. And it, I mean, it just, unfortunately, I had to miss the OAR concert, which just still pisses me <laughs> off because I went to, uh, I was in Sicily. And, uh, it still just bothers me that I had to miss OAR um, because, as you know, I've seen them probably 20 times. But tell me about that whole weekend and just the cooperation that you get both from OAR and, and Corey Wong. I mean, Mark Roberish and, and I mean, it just seemed like it just amazing. Weekend. Yeah, that we use that event to kick off the Wild Alumni um, group. And and now we've had, you know, small ancillary events since then. And we're planning for a couple big ones here um, this next season as well. Um, but yeah, the crazy game of hockey was, you know, on paper, it looked like a success and it turned out tenfold even mm -hmm. better. Um, you know, everyone, we had over 60 celebrities come in from um, current, we had six or seven current players to, um, you know, a good group of wild alumni come in, Nicholas Backstrom, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, um, and then some local guys too. And it was such a fun event from a celebrity to a player standpoint getting those guys on the ice and, um, you know, guys like Joe Maurer reaching out to me after the fact saying, gosh, it was cool to be, you know, play on the same ice as Mike Madonna or, mm -hmm. um, you know, guys from the, the show Letter Kenny or the Barstool Sports mm -hmm. guys or musicians just kind of, you know, stepping out of their elements and being able to be kids again and, um, you know, really embrace the weekend and, and, I'd like to say, I, I, you know, we're going through the process now to get it approved again to do next season. Um, and, and hopefully you'll see that in the coming weeks. Um, but I'm going to say we need four teams now because the 60 celebrities mm -hmm. that were there last year want to return. And um, between Mark, Corey, and I, um, we've probably had 40 to 50 other celebrities or musicians and, and That's great. Um, former and current players that say, hey, why weren't we invited to this? Mm -hmm. So. Um, it was just an overall fun weekend, and and um, and will it be a to, crazy game of hockey again? Like, will our is OAR even available? Yes, yeah. um, and that's where you know they at the end of the weekend they said we want to be a part of this mm -hmm. for a long time to come. And actually, we're heading to New Jersey this weekend, um, staying in Hoboken, and I'm going to take the ferry over and grab lunch with Mark and mm -hmm. um, catch up a bit more. And I'm sure that's going to be one of the topics mm -hmm. of. Uh, our lunch conversation. Yeah, their tour just looked awesome. They're, um, you know, one of my favorite OAR concerts I've seen. I think they actually did a documentary about it uh, during it. Um, is the is the show they did probably ten, maybe longer years ago at MSG, yeah, Madison yep. Square Garden. And it was just unbelievable. And that's when I really like, like, I mean, I've always been a fan of OAR, but Jerry DePizzo, like watching him from stage, like belt out the sax or play the bass or, or anything, like he is is great. And I got to, um, they played the. 
the Basilica Block Party once, and uh, after the show, I went over to Paul Fletcher to Union and hung out with Benji and Richard <laughs> on and all those guys. So it yeah, was it's, it's yeah, a really good group. such a great band. Actually, I'll yeah. see Richard and his family in Watt. They're they're based out of D.C. So oh, nice. I'll see Richard in D.C. and then the next day I'll jump the ferry and and yeah. go grab lunch with Mark. So they've become good friends of mine, and it's it's you know Michael and Michael, you and I talk about this all the time. It's so fun to see athletes um want to be musicians mm-hmm. and musicians want to be athletes and and other you know athletes too because they know what it takes to get to the level that they're at in their trade and um it, it the level of respect is mm-hmm. so cool to see um and you know me being kind of on the outside looking in closely it's it's just kind of fun to live live through them yeah so. and did you go on uh, stage uh at, at armory yeah yep. we uh um marked Mark the day before, you know, the day of the, the, the Friday night event, he goes, how about we just, let's do a, a conclusion song and let's bring everyone up on stage and guys can grab cowbells or, or harmonicas. Cool. And, and, uh, so there was about 45 of us that came up on stage with them. And it was a cool, again, it just kind of recapped the whole weekend of, of fun and unity and, and yeah. it'll be fun to see what we can do for future events. Yeah, Armory is an amazing uh, venue. I, I've been, I went to Trample by Turtles there uh, last uh, November, December, their their album release party and it was amazing. I'm actually going, I'm going to skip the Rangers home game, come up here, I'm going to see uh, Judah and the Lion and Need to Breathe there. Um, so what's next with the Alumni Association? You, I know I know I've asked you about this a thousand times, but any updates on like when it may be a ring of honor or, or things like that? You know, I think that's what this year is going to really, we're going to dive into that now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we got to get through Sweden, um, get through Sweden, and then we can kind of start those next conversations of of how do we how do we highlight, you know, year 25? What's mm-hmm. the What's the next in line? You know, there's, we have a lot of, a lot of really good, um, you know, former players that have been rooted here for many years, and and you know we're not a young organization anymore. We have we have a lot of really really salt of the earth people that have come through these doors, and and we want to start to to highlight them as much as we possibly can. I hope I'm on a committee that can help pick these guys to. Uh, uh, well, I will say, you know, it's my 19th year covering the team. I have a pretty good basis. I didn't cover the first three years. But. You know, coming from the Twins, um, they have such an established yeah. um, Twins Hall of Fame. And, you know, being good friends still with Dustin Morse over there, um, he knows I'm knocking at his door to mm-hmm. pick his brain on, on how we can, you know, make this a success from, from the start. All right, let's go to Twitter questions and also uh, player and staff questions. This is from um, a goalie named Philip Gustafson. Uh, why do you discriminate on one player on the group chat? Why? <laughs> you know what? He knows exactly why. Um, the back. Actually, if you're an athletic subscriber, you know exactly why, too, because I wrote about this. I think the headline was called The Green Bubble. The backstory, yes, the green bubble. Um, a way that I communicate with the guys, um, with the group, and with really everybody, um, you know iPhone has made communication so easy, um, but he is the one person in my 10 years of working with the wild that does not have a blue bubble. Yeah. He has the green bubble and, and I, you know, I had a chat, I have a kind of conversation with him right off the bat when he arrived. And I said, you know what? Um, you're going to be excluded from the the group chat. Yeah, if, the you don't get an, if you don't get an iPhone, you're going to be excluded. And uh, he go, he said, you know what? 
I, I, I'm not a sheep. I'm going to keep my green bubble. And I said, hey, that's okay. That's your own personal decision. And he actually used his wife's iPhone for a couple of weeks to see if he liked it. And now the joke is he's going to get a large iPad and just carry that around so that he can get the group chats. So um, I think- I wonder if we can get like an Apple Watch, but connect that to the, the, to iPad, the, the iPad and then it at least comes in. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out eventually, but he's- uh, I he's think a, that what would suck about that from his perspective, because I respect it. I like, you know, like I get it. He hates the iPhone. Um, thinks it's too simple is what he says. But it just feels like the, the, the group like banter is what you would miss. These are teammates and all the inside jokes and the fun stuff. Heck, they're probably ripping on him and he never <laughs> even knows it. Yeah, there is definitely banter on that group chat, but um, can and I get him on that group chat? There's so can many. You just uh, sneak, that is, sneak my number in there. That is a locked account. No, yeah. um, no, that's and you know, there's so many things that either Spurge or Hartsey or or um, Moose will put in there that I'll have to copy and paste to give to Gus to make sure he has all the information. But he, uh, no, he's a good sport about it and. I'm I'm dedicated to making him a, a blue bubble mm -hmm. by the end of his contract. Um, question from Marcus Foligno, and this actually might be also Ryan Hartman, what he meant by this is, so Ryan wants to know if you could show me pictures of what you look like in college. And then Marcus said, if you could uh, talk about your college wrestling <laughs> or uh, heyday or high school wrestling. No, or the, this story goes back to, gosh, it had to be eight, seven or eight years ago. Um, Chuck Fletcher was still the, the GM and um, as as you know the the Minnesota State High School wrestling tournament is always in the XL Energy Center uh -huh. and they had the mats rolled up um, on the end of you know where the players walk in and um, they asked they're like hey let's have a wrestling match and of course me being me and and Travis Green our massage therapist and athletic trainer he. He is a, a state high school wrestling. He went to like the state high school tournament back in the day. Okay. And I don't know if anyone that knows wrestling knows once you have it in your body, it's like riding a bike, right? And he's in, he's in tip top shape. And, and so we agreed to it. We had Kevin Gorg be the MC of the event and, you know, all so you the, wrestled Travis wrestled, Green? Tra I wrestled Travis. In front like, of the entire team? In front of the whole team. We had our singlets. We had our walkout music. No shit. We had our coaches in each corner. And it was, uh, you know, I thought this were, was for fun, right? Like, oh, it's fun. We had we had a, a wager on it. Everyone was, you know, betting who's going to win. And and we had, we had um, wrestling posters made. And we had an official ref come in for it. And um, let's just say Travis took his training very seriously, and I did not. Uh -huh. So we're seven years later, and I'm still taking uh, heat for losing or getting pinned pretty quickly. Yeah. And I assume there's video of this. which There's uh, video, probably... but once again, that's on a locked account <laughs> that not many people can see. So what did Ryan mean uh, sh uh, about what you look like in college? Well, I just I lived in the gym. I was uh, I would like to say I was a oh, meat that's why uh, I was a meathead in in yeah. in uh, college days. So they, yeah, because uh, somebody did ask me if uh, <laughs> if you took roids. So. No, they were they always give me a hard time because my college pictures. I I definitely lived in the yeah. gym. Um, uh, here's a probably another inside joke. Why is the plane sometimes? Uh, d why doesn't it have blinker fluid? Oh, that has to come from the equipment guys. Yeah, that's Phil. Um, they uh, they give me a hard time because, as you know, there's a lot on a lot on my checklist. Um, so they always joke if if the plane is at all late um, that I, I forgot to send in the blinker fluid um, <laughs> request, and that's why we're we're delayed. I so, got you. 
Um, it's just another one of those those little inside jokes that keep it light yeah. and and speaking of which fun. tony uh da costa uh says uh um are you worried that he's going to release your cabo pictures <laughs> man uh, this is getting you know good. this is getting is this i don't Hopefully know your you, family is not listening to this i podcast. was gonna say is this even legal right now yeah. no um you know what it, during the bye week we we go on trips together and and he he thinks it's funny to pull up me in the swimming pool and show all the boys. So I don't think that's very funny. <laughs> all right, let's go to some uh, fan questions. Uh, Colin Jacobs says, uh, what's your least favorite city to arrange travel to and why? And what's the toughest logistical aspect of your job? You know, I'd say, again, like being in charge of the operations or overseeing the operations, there's so much that I rely heavily on, um, rely heavily on just other people mm -hmm. doing their jobs, right? So speak of the devil, um, Tony just came in and took a picture of <laughs> you or us. So um yeah, I rely so heavily on other people doing their jobs right, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can give them the information, but it's building relationships and making sure that communication is where it needs to be to make sure everything runs smooth. Um and then not to mention the hockey season runs through the I'd say the worst months of the year. Um, with snowstorms and and weather delays and whatnot, so I'd say you know the toughest cities are are going up into you know Edmonton or or Buffalo, New York, or some of those cities that the weather is so unpredictable um, <clears throat> with delays and, and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, Jade asked. Uh, we talked about the crazy game of hockey. Uh, who was the one that made you go, "Wow, we actually got him"? You know, I was really <laughs> I was really surprised. Actually, it's funny you say that. Um, Greg Ostertag, the former NBA star for the Utah Jazz, um, seven two, got on skates. Um, it was a fun, it was a fun day having him around, and you know I, I've stayed in touch with him now, and mm -hmm. he still skates on a weekly basis um, down in Dallas, and he actually owns a sports bar, and he actually just sent me a message last last week, and he said, hey, can you send me down a a wild jersey? I'd love to put it up in the bar. We've be, we've we've turned into a wild bar. So oh, that's cool. Um, just you know, building those type of relationships, Greg Ostertag, and and um, you know those other guys that aren't in the hockey world, being able to come on mm -hmm. and, and perform with those guys was was fun. Very cool. Uh, wild Road Tripper uh, asks uh, Brian asks question for Andrew. Other than the infamous incident in Ottawa years ago, which you were not a part of, that that was all Tony DeCosta's fault. Um, has there ever been? a time where you had to scramble for transportation through no fault for the, of the club or yourself. You know, we've talked about a couple of them through the podcast over the years. Of course, the, the fire, fire in Calgary, <laughs> the fire in Calgary is always a good one to, to remember or not remember. Um, and you know, there's been a couple times we, that year we got eliminated, um, in Winnipeg <laughs> in the playoffs. That was a tough one. Um, we had plain mechanical issues, um, and long story short, we, I had to fly a new plane in from Minneapolis, get a new crew. And, you know, after being eliminated, um, we didn't get back to Minneapolis until roughly 4 a.m. So, you know what I've always thought about that? Like what Chuck Fletcher had to be thinking about on that plane, um, you know, knowing that he was probably losing his job the next day. I go back and forth on it too. Would I have been in more heat if we had to play the next day yeah. or, you know, it, it, either way, it just sucked. There yeah, was yeah. nothing good about it. And, and again, it's not your fault. You know, again, this group of guys and this group of management and, and really management from the start, you know, they understand so much of it is out of, you know, my control. And 
And of course, there is the the levels of stress that get in the way and, and tensions are always hot. But um, at the end of the day, we work together yeah. and, and uh, get to the end goal. Fetty Dean says, does Andrew get significantly involved in helping visiting teams make arrangements in the Twin Cities regardless? Is he close with or does he share ideas with those in roles um, at other teams? I saw you having your counterpart in Montreal. You were having dinner with the other day. I know that your buddies with Sunheim and Carolina. I mean, you, you have meetings, uh, you know, uh, conferences and things like that. Yeah, we, you know, there's there's 32, 35 of us. A few teams have a couple of them. Um, but we're all like-minded humans. Mm -hmm. We we all get along great together. And again, the work that we do, um, you know, doesn't usually change the play on the ice. Mm -hmm. So um, we're a very close knit fraternity, you could say. And and we do. We have monthly or we have yearly meetings um, that usually take place at the draft. And we have a large you know trade show to bring in hotel vendors and and bus vendors and and airlines. Um, restaurants and, and whatnot. So um, we have two or three days of meetings that we go through everything and, and we talk about best practices and and what, you know, we have a, a round table and we go through each city and, you know, we update what's changed, new hotels, road construction, anything to keep our lives as, as normal and consistent as possible we do. And, and again, we, you know, we reach out to one another as we enter each city and we try to grab dinner and yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it's event session as well. Yeah. A lot of it. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm seeing more and more teams starting to stay in Minneapolis rather than here in St. Paul, which, uh, you know, depending, I mean, if it's a one day trip, it makes sense to stay in St. Paul, but if, you know, if you could stay at the four seasons or something like that, it would yeah, make sense. And that's, what's, that's, what's unique. Um, we were actually just talking about this last week. Um, take Nashville, for instance. Um, 10 years ago, there was two hotels in the city mm -hmm. and now there is every big brand hotel in the market in that city. So, um, again, with Minneapolis and, and St. Paul too, we've just been fortunate enough to, to get a couple new hotels. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the Omni at Viking village is a popular one. Now the four seasons in Minneapolis, um, and, and then the St. Paul hotel and, and the Weston and Edina, and, you know, we're getting more and more options for for, yep. you know, visiting teams as well. And, yep. you know, the Four Seasons is nice because they do have one of the best restaurants in town with Mara mm -hmm. um, being in, in the Four Seasons. That's one of Gavin Kaysen's restaurants. Yep. And, Sit at the chef's table. He, was, he, and, like, he put me there once. It was amazing. And, you know, with, with us being so close to Gavin, too, we actually met, um, you know, recently, too. They're part of our KZ provisioning um, culinary team that we've brought in-house. And, and so Gavin and Andrew Zimmern, um, you know, we work closely with them and they do all of our food and, and, yep. um, locker room needs. Nashville is such a tough city, uh, still to get hotels that you had to stay at two a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Like, that's on the uh, same trip. Again, that's been a city that's gotten harder and harder each year yeah. as they've become the Vegas. Find, try finding a uh, hotel for less than like four fifty and the Vegas there. of the East. We like yep. to call them. Uh, Josh, yeah, remember when it was like always just Boston and New York? Now they're like yeah. actually light. I'm staying in New York City on Saturday for two fifty a night. I'm like, what? Yeah, How Dallas. Bad? Dallas yeah. has become a tough city um, with all the large conferences. Nashville. Um, Vegas, of course. Um, Boston. So there's a couple yeah. cities that have have really gotten tough. Uh, Josh says, uh, do the players keep their hotel points and accumulate status like a regular business uh, traveler? Is it like the ATM fee that just goes into the Andrew Height account? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's an interesting one. You know, 
with these minor type leaguers of, do keep them right. These type, I'm not even sure on the minor like league. Dakota side, says he has like lifetime uh, Marriott <laughs> status by now. With you know, with us booking such big group, uh, big groups, mm-hmm. um, you know, and negotiating the rates. Unfortunately, the players don't. You know, that's not part of their. Um, you know, benefit mm-hmm. um, just because we do, we, we book large groups and, and from a budget standpoint, it helps because we can lower mm-hmm. the, the rates and, and fit within the budget. So, yeah. and then not to mention the food and beverage and all of that, they go along with the road stay. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, uh, I, yeah, we answered this. Uh, did the Swedes get to pick the hotel for Stockholm? That's actually the NHL picked that. Um, Kevin Mahoney says, uh, how far in advance is all the travel set travel set? You said, uh, in July that you'd like to get it done. Um, what's the oddest, coolest accommodations or mode of tra- transport? Um, I mean, obviously the, the, the train is always cool. You know, the train, it is, it's one of those where, and it's fun to see the guys, the, the group of travel, um, the travel party, it, it's something out of the ordinary, right? So they're all, they're hopping on the train, you know, they're a bit giddy. They're something, yeah. something different. They, you know, and it, it's, we've done the, the Ottawa to Montreal. <laughs> we've done the Montreal to Ottawa, yeah. um, the Washington to um, Jersey before. Yeah. So it's, it's just a unique experience. I'd have to say that's probably the, the most different. Um, you know, we, we've been able to fly in some pretty cool aircrafts as well. Um, yeah. Know, being a partner of Delta, but um, I'd like to say, yeah, we hopped on a boat, but that there's no real city opportunities for that. Yeah, you know, you can go to Stockholm somewhere. Maybe <laughs> do it. I did the boat thing. You go to like eleven different uh, islands. It's pretty uh, sweet. A uh, couple four for you. And by the way, Whitey's been on a ton of podcasts, so a lot of the questions that you are a- asking that we're sort of glossing over. If you go listen to these other podcasts, they still hold up. Uh, you'll you'll get a. You'll get a uh, a kick out of them. Matty asks, uh, "What's more hectic, baseball season or hockey season?" I mean, you didn't have the same role uh, with the Twins, but but you uh, um, you know obviously know the way that that works. And also, Matty asks, uh, "How does ticketing work, family wise, for each player's regular season and playoff game?" Um, yeah, the the similarities from baseball to hockey are you know there's actually technically the hockey season is longer than the baseball season, and by saying that. You know, you're at the ballpark every day yeah. in baseball, right? You, it's you do the grind through the summer, and and you have a couple off days, and you know, in baseball, those off days can be travel days as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was on the PR role, PR side um, in baseball, so it wasn't the the grind of the operation mm-hmm. role, but um, you know, it, again, it's the it's the unity of the clubhouse, it's the unity of the locker room. Yeah, you know, you you become brothers with that group of guys, and it's. Uh, you win and you, you 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 know win you win you win you lose yeah. you lose and there's there's successes and and downfalls. When I covered the Marlins, I found it to be more of a grind to cover the Twins, but much easier from the standpoint. Like you go on the road and you get to actually unpack. Yeah, that's, where for me it's like you know you're you're flying into Philly late. Yep. You're, you know, to catch up with you the next day, I'm on an 8 a.m. Uh, it's a second of a back-to-back, then I'm on a 7 a.m. to LaGuardia. So, you, I mean, you basically live out of your suitcase. And that's, um, there's a funny story to go along with that, dating back all the way 10 years ago to mm-hmm. my very first trip. And, and we don't have to get into the details of what happened on the first trip, but I show up for the very first trip. And in baseball, there's a, a you know, a luggage truck, right? Mm-hmm. So, we all have team-issued luggage bags and and um, you drop the you drop your bag off at the clubhouse, and you don't see it until you get to the hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. Well, we sh- the first road trip I had was a, a three day trip or three game trip, 
and I show up with my my big twins issued travel mm-hmm. bag, and everyone's like, "What? You know, what the hell are you? What is that? You know, mm-hmm. as you know, everyone packs so light in hockey, right? Yeah. It's it's a duffel bag, it's crazy. And so I I plan I just didn't know any different, and I brought my big twins team issued hard case to a you know a, a five and a half day road trip. And by the end of it, the joke was if I could fit inside it or not, and they were going to just bring me home in that. So <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, a lot of similarities, yeah. but also a lot of differences. Uh, Wild Boy is 59 says, your weirdest request that you've gotten. Oh, man. Um, Brent Burns, uh, like like Brent Burns, like bringing a snake on a plane <laughs> or anything, like nothing like that from you guys? Nothing like that. We, you know, we have a pretty even keel group. Um, you know, there's always times where, you know, the group will see a, a concert come into town and want to meet them you know we did that recently with old dominion and and um you know just really it's a lot of those type of requests are just hey so-and-so's in town is there a way to bring them down to the room Mm -hmm. and then i have to kind of start the process of all right let's find their tour manager let's connect the dots Mm. let's you know get them some swag and and bring them out and meet the guys um you know there was the the first week on the job with with Zach Parisi's father dying, that mm-hmm. was a, a unique request that I got um, to help his mother set up the funeral reception. Um, in baseball, actually, I got the request to um, pull off a wedding in three days um, for one of our Venezuelan catchers. <laughs> um, so that was a unique request. Um, but a lot of, it, it, as weird and as sad as it is to sound, um, no request is weird anymore. Right? Yeah, right. It's, it, I've I've kind of seen and heard it all. Yep. And you mentioned, uh, you know, I don't know if you did. You answer the ticket question. Like players on the road, they got to pay for their tickets. Yeah. So, um, but at home, they get two. Has correct. It worked? Yep. yep. The CBA has it in there that um, each player gets two comp tickets mm-hmm. um, at home, and then we get an allotment on the road um, to pull from. But um, everything is paid. Right. Um, and then, um, like Damon Hunt's coming on this road trip. If all of a sudden you get word that he's making his NHL debut in Washington, Philly, do you just immediately start the process of trying to get his family there? Or how does that work? Or would you maybe wait for home? Like, how does that work? Yep. Again, as part of the, uh, of the CBA, if, you know, for your and for the players, NHL debut, um, the club is responsible for, for getting the parents and, um, into that city, whether it's home or road and, mm-hmm. and, um, accommodations and tickets to the game. So yeah, I'll talk with, I'll just be in communication with Bill, Chris and, and Dean. And, and if that opportunity arises, we'll get on the phone and, and get his parents and in here as soon as possible. He's Saskatchewan. Where is it? Where is yeah, Canada. It? Yep. Yep. Canada. Um, Garrett says, uh, um, do players ever want to bring their wives, family on flights with the team? The reason why I laughed is, <laughs> what? <laughs> I shouldn't say it, but a player on your team, so I was with him the other day, just outside the rink, and somebody asked him, is your wife coming coming to Sweden? And he goes, I hope not. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, but uh, do the players ever want to bring uh, wives, families on the trip? And if a player wants to go to a visitor restaurant while on the road, are they responsible for getting a ride? Or do they even have time? Love it, stuff like that. You know, it's that kind of going back to baseball, like you said, in baseball, you you unpack your bag, you have three or four days to sit, um, you know, to be in that city where your family's able to join. We're in the hockey schedule. It's so hard to, um, of course, you know, they're not allowed on the, the team charter. You know, we do have our unique, you know, father's trips or guest trips that are planned, you know, mm-hmm. yearly or, or, you know, every other year. And that's an opportunity for friends or family to come on with us. But 
I'd say it's so hard for, you know, family or friends to join us on the road. Yep. Because like you said, even your schedule, you're just, you're rushing to the airport to get to the next city because mm -hmm. a lot of times we're in a different time zone at each night, right? You know, even looking at this next trip that we leave for on tomorrow, um, we go Philadelphia, Washington, New Jersey. That's in the same time zone, but we're in a different city every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, it makes it tough. And I, it's really not that yep. you know appealing. i noticed this trip you're staying in jersey the entire time huh uh last year yeah last year we <laughs> moved over to hoboken which um was a great a great move um a great move i think on all levels including my stress level um as michael's referencing to two years ago when yeah. we were there at the end of november and um there was an accident in the holland tunnel yeah. and next thing you know Bill is having Billy's having to call Bill Daly and request a, to push the game back because we're stuck yeah. um, outside the tunnel. So, Nobody, uh, um, that was not a good day. Luckily, for we won that game. Yes. and uh, didn't Hartman score like immediately or something? I th yeah, I think yeah. we had seven minutes to warm up, and and I think I got the game puck for that game. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I I mean, if you didn't read that story, I wrote an entire article about just how the mayhem. I mean, basically, the deal was that. The staff bus was facing toward the Link London, the Lincoln Tunnel, and the player bus was toward the Holland Tunnel. And one went one way, the other went the other way, and one bus showed up on time. And the other bus is like just luckily, never moved. Yeah, luckily I was on the player bus, so I could manage it. Um, at one point in that three and a half hour trip, um, I was out with NYPD directing traffic. I was on the phone with NYPD with a helicopter yeah. above us. Um, we There's had, something about that building too. Uh, yeah, huh? it's we had we had New Jersey State Troopers waiting on the other side of the tunnel yeah. to to you know f you know get us there as soon as possible once we got through. And um, again, luckily we won. And it's one of those yeah. things again out of my control. But how do we manage it? That building uh, they've had wild have had a lot of success there. You've had I mean uh, I think Clayton Stoner scored his first goal there, and odd one. Uh, Kakinen got his first win there. Erickson X scored his first goal there. Uh, Boldy scored the buzzer beater there. I mean, there's there's something about that building that's been interesting for you guys. It's always something. Uh, last question. Mariah wants to know, what's the easiest part of your job? The easiest part is, you know, just the operation side of it. it it's become, you know, somewhat old hat to me, right? Mm -hmm. You get, you build up relationships in each city. Um, you build those, those contacts and in, in whether it be Delta or hotels or, you know, our support staff with equipment and medical. Um, so it's, a, it's truly a, a group effort, you know, start to finish. And, and being as close as I am to the group, um, again, they don't, they know that some of it's out of my control and um, you got to kind of take the banter uh, with, with the ebbs and flows of the season, but know that they're, uh, they're in your corner at the end of it. Right. I figured the easiest was getting these uh, ATM fees just put right <laughs> into your account. Um, well, Whitey, I really appreciate it. Really looking forward to seeing what you have store for the team in uh, in Sweden. Um, and again, if you're listening to this uh, November 16th, 68, if you're a fan going on that trip, uh, we did make sure that the team had no events for fans or the corporate people uh, at that time. So 68 at O'Leary's, uh, Joe Smith and I will not only be doing a meetup, but we will be doing a, a live podcast, a Straight from the Source podcast there, which uh, Whitey has been really, really generous to be a guest on here for the 50th time. So appreciate Whitey, and uh, and uh, good luck tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Thank you, Michael, and uh, looking forward to keeping you up to date on all the, the changing activities throughout the season. Yep. Thanks, Whitey, and uh, here's a word from one of our sponsors. 
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to Straight from the Source this week and thanks to Andrew Height for, as always, joining and providing some really, really cool uh, information and some color for Wild fans and don't get to see the behind the scenes of his job, which is just fascinating and I would think extremely stressful. Um, as you know, podcast galore all over our network. Uh, and I'll be on the Athletic Hockey Show every week with Ian Mendez and Julian McKenzie. And this week, you can hear my conversation with LA Kings head coach Todd McClellan on the show, too, on the Athletic Podcast Network and wherever you download your podcast. And next week, I'll be having uh, the team president of the Philadelphia Flyers, Keith Jones, joining me as well. So again, Todd McClellan this week. Uh Keith Jones next week on the Athletic Hockey Show with Ian Mendez and Julian McKenzie. You can subscribe to the Athletics NHL YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at the Athletic Hockey Show. The at simple symbol and then the Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, special thanks again to Andrew Height. I'm Michael Russo from Straight from the Source. Talk to you next time, everybody. Everybody.